Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. Testifying a trial was both frustrating and uh, very difficult because she had to relive the experience but was not able to tell the whole story. For Volt Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. And I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. In Pennsylvania, a suspect has been named in the 1989 disappearance of 17-year-old Tracy Crow. I think it's been something that never got an answer. You know, we thought that there would be quick and there would be, Tracy would come home and it was just a disappearance. So it will be a relief for the whole community. And in Washington state, new scientific evidence and a new medical examiner means new hope for family convinced their mother's death was a homicide. It's good that uh, the new medical examiner took a new look at this case and uh, maybe there'll be some uh, justice for one, maybe two families. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. There's been a major development in a 2016 case out of Washington State. But Will, before we get to the latest news, what can you tell us about what happened to Brenda Thurman six years ago? Well, Brenda Thurman and her husband, Dwayne Thurman, who was a former Lincoln County Reserve deputy, were at home. And Dwayne Thurman claims that he was cleaning his wife's gun, a Glock, when it went off and killed her in January of 2016. Thurman claimed that the gun malfunctioned as he was cleaning it. And here's what the lead detective on the case would later say in court about what he found in the Thurman's home following Brenda Thurman's death. There are several gun cleaning. There's a, an ammo box, a metal ammo box with gun cleaning equipment in it. There's an open firearms hard case. Uh, and in that are two disassembled, well, one disassembled and one unloaded um, firearm on that box. A teal colored Glock and a black uh, polymer frame Glock. That lead detective would go on to describe where he found the teal-colored Glock that Thurman claimed went off accidentally. This is the teal-colored polymer frame Glock 380 pistol. Uh, as we found it laying on the open box, I decided to check the pistol's status and check the pistol out uh, and clear it and make, make sure it was uh, not loaded. According to investigators, a fired casing was still inside the gun, and it would later come out in court that Dwayne Thurman didn't call 911 right away and did not perform CPR or other life-saving measures at the time of the shooting. So following all of this, where exactly did the investigation lead, 
And what did Dwayne Thurman ultimately end up charged with? The medical examiner at the time decided that the death was accidental, but Dwayne Thurman would still go on trial in 2018 facing a first-degree manslaughter charge. So prosecutors wouldn't pursue a murder charge, but the fact that his actions led to her death could result in that manslaughter conviction. But leading up to that trial in 2018, Brenda Thurman's children remain convinced that their mother's death was not an accident. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, they have always maintained that the shooting was not accidental. So in 2017, before it even went to trial, they filed a civil wrongful death lawsuit. And there were, in fact, two claims involved in that lawsuit. One was for negligence and wrongful death. And then there was another claim that would basically prevent Dwayne Thurman from benefiting financially from his wife's death. Ultimately, that civil wrongful death lawsuit was dismissed after a settlement was reached outside of court. So we don't know the details uh, on that settlement. What then happens in 2018 when, as you mentioned, Dwayne Thurman went on trial charged with first-degree manslaughter? He was found guilty by jury, but the jury returned with a verdict of guilty of second-degree manslaughter. Thurman's defense attorney requested a six-month sentence. In his argument, he asked the judge to consider Thurman's military service and the fact that he was a caregiver to his mother. The defense also mentioned a letter sent to the court by one of the jurors, and in that letter, the juror said the case was difficult for them and asked the judge to show leniency in Thurman's sentencing. However, the judge landed on five years, and Thurman was recently released just in April of this year to a work release program. The lawyer for Brenda Thurman's children said at the time that the trial was difficult for the family and not the result they wanted. This whole thing has been very traumatic for the children, particularly the daughter who was very close to her mother. Um, and um, testifying at trial was both frustrating and uh, very difficult because she had to relive the experience but was not able to tell the whole story. Can you explain what we just heard? What does he mean that Thurman's daughter didn't get to tell the full story? Well, so obviously there was a lot of evidence that was brought up in the trial, a lot of it having to do with the scene in the house, what we heard that lead investigator talk about earlier. And some of the evidence included the fact that Thurman was having an affair. However, evidence regarding life insurance. So in other words, would he benefit from his wife's life insurance policy? And anything having to do with motive or intent was not brought up at the trial. So that's really what he's referring to in, in that quote, that they didn't get to tell the full story of a possible motive or intent. However, the prosecutor says that was all very appropriate based on the charges in the case. The case wasn't about the extra information. It was about that moment, that morning, someone didn't take care of a very dangerous implement and another person died as a result of that. So it was really about the carelessness with the firearm. It wasn't about all of the other extra uh, information surrounding the case. And of course, the reason that we're covering this now is that there has been some news in this case. Talk about that. Yeah, pretty interesting. In order for the medical examiner to review the manner of death, it has to be at the request of law enforcement or family. In this case, it turns out to be the family. Brenda Thurman's daughter told our partner station, Crim 2 News, in Spokane, Washington, that she made the request after learning that the county had a new medical examiner, and she hoped this would produce a second opinion. Again, Gabby and her family have always believed Dwayne Thurman intentionally killed her mother. The medical examiner, this new medical examiner, determined in May of this year that Brenda's manner of death would be better classified as homicide on her death certificate. And that's based on new scientific findings that the gun was functioning properly at the time of the shooting. Dwayne Thurman can't actually face further charges 
in Brenda Thurman's death because of double jeopardy. Crim 2 News talked to Brenda Thurman's daughter about the reclassification of her mother's death. Gabby did not want to talk on camera, but she told me on the phone she is disappointed this wasn't the original finding, but she does feel validated. She and her brother worked closely with a private investigator by the name of Ted Pulver on her mother's death. We now know that the ME was wrong in the case. He told me today the evidence he discovered led him to also believe Brenda's death was not accidental. Reed, last month you spoke to Harry Lee, a reporter at Fox 43 in York, Pennsylvania, about some developments in the Tracy Crow case. There's been some news since then, but first, take us through the background of this case again. Sure. It was all the way back on August 5th of 1989 that Tracy Crow was last seen. She was headed over to see her sister and brother-in-law who lived at a trailer park in Halifax, Pennsylvania. But when she got there, they weren't home, so she left but she never made it back home to her family's home in Millersburg. And, and we do know that she got to her sister's place because she'd left some items on the front steps for them. So whatever happened to her happened during uh, her roughly seven-mile drive back home. Police said in 2014 that before she disappeared, Tracy Crow was seen using a public phone near the Millersburg town square. And then the day after she disappeared, her vehicle was actually located at that town square but she, of course, wasn't there, and her belongings were actually all missing. And then four years later, in December of 1993, some parts of her wallet, including a driver's license and a National Honor Society card, were found by a creek about nine miles away from Millersburg. And that's kind of where the trail of physical evidence in this case ended. But there have been some other leads in recent years. Walk us through what all has happened. Right. So in 2018, a woman named Holly Mallet came forward to police saying that a man named Matthew Webster had admitted to her that he was involved in the rape and murder of Tracy Crow. But then police intercepted a call between Webster and Mallet in which he told her what to tell a grand jury. Both of them ended up charged with perjury. They both ended up serving some time in prison, but there were never any charges directly related to Tracy's disappearance. Something else that's been going on, police have been out to a property owned by another man named Mark Warfel twice in recent years, the first was in July of 2019. Police brought cadaver dogs and excavation equipment out to Warfel's property to search for Crow's body. State police confirming a new tip brought them to the property. The home located on the 100 block of Mountain House Road, just 10 miles from where 17-year-old Tracy Crow was last seen back in August of 1989. They took a bunch of things out of the shed behind you. They also took things from that black shed out, which is actually charred on the inside. Uh, they're charred and it looked like they were digging a hole in there. At the time, Fox 43 spoke to the property owner, Mark Warfel. And I said, what are you digging for? They thought maybe uh, the remains of Tracy Crow might be there. Well, they said you can dig all you want, but you ain't going to find nothing. Are you familiar with the Tracy Crow oh, case? I'm familiar with the family, right, from over here. 87-year-old Mark Warfel, who owns the Jackson Township home, says police approached him this week. Why do you think they had an interest in searching your property specifically? You know, that's funny. And I said, why me? Well, they said, uh, they told me who it was, and I won't mention her name. I just killed her. Oh, my God. Squirrely Shirley. He says it's been nearly 20 years since he has used the property. I used it when I fixed cars over there. I was in 
an auto body shop there. But then I retired. While Warfel says he worked with Crow's father years ago, he has nothing to hide. What do you remember about Tracy Crow? Did you know her? Oh, yeah, I knew her. Just a little girl. That's all I knew about her. One of Ivan's children. You have nothing to do with this at all? Nothing at all. They can dig or hunt or do whatever they want to. I had nothing to do with it. And then police were back out at that same property earlier this year, which is what I talked to Harry Lee at Fox 43 about the last time we covered this case on The Daily Crime. And they were back out there with excavation equipment, although at that time, police didn't confirm whether or not the work was related to the Tracy Crow case. Police seen revisiting this property along Mountain House Road. And it's not the first search performed here. Police last came back in the summer of 2019 when they searched for the body of Tracy Crow using cadaver dogs and digging equipment. And Reed, at that point, Warfel had not been named as a suspect in the Tracy Crow case. But now that's changed. That's right. For the first time, investigators have publicly named Mark Warfel as a suspect in Tracy Crow's disappearance. Warfel is facing burglary charges in a separate case, and so he's actually been behind bars since 2019, awaiting trial on that case. And just last Friday, a hearing was held to determine whether Warfel would be competent to stand trial on that burglary charge. And during that hearing, a state police trooper testified that Warfel was not only a suspect in the burglary case, but that he was also a suspect in Tracy Crow's disappearance and actually a suspect in the death of his wife and several alleged sexual assaults. You mentioned this all came out during a competency hearing. What was the outcome of that hearing? Well, the judge ruled that Warfel was not competent to stand trial on the burglary charges, and he also ruled that there would be no chance for improvement. Warfel is now 89 years old, and and that ruling could mean that even if investigators were to bring charges related to the Tracy Crow case or those other cases that I mentioned that he's apparently a suspect in, he might never actually stand trial. As I mentioned, Warfel has been in prison since 2019. He's been at a facility for inmates with special needs, which was reportedly a request made by the county due to his advanced age and medical needs. And at this hearing, the judge ruled that because he can't stand trial, Warfel needs to be released. So as of last week, Fox 43 reported that it still wasn't clear when that might happen. They also reported that the Dauphin County District Attorney was still deciding whether or not he wanted to appeal the judge's decision. All right, Reed, thanks for bringing us that story. Also, thanks to the reporting from Krim 2 News in Spokane, Washington, and also Fox 43 in York, Pennsylvania. And thank you for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here five days a week, Monday through Friday. For Vault Studios, along with Reed Redman, I'm Will Johnson.